episode 140 of Australia's number one marketing show. Join me behind the scenes as the network producer of Australia's most popular TV show shares some marketing gold. Welcome to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their secrets to take your marketing to the next level. Now, here's your host, Tim Reid. G'day, everyone, and welcome back to Australia's favourite small business marketing show. I am your host, Timbo Reid. You, so much more importantly, are a motivated small business owner who wants to crank out some fantastic marketing, possibly with a modest budget. And we are brought to you by the very good folk, the acest of ace folk at netregistry.com.au. If you need any part of your online marketing sorted, give them a ring, get online and tell them Timbo sent you because they will look after you. They really have got it covered in terms of domain name registration, website hosting, website design and development, pay-per-click, social media, just the whole box and dice, guys, of online marketing your business, Net Registry can sort you out. So please support them because in turn, this show gets supported and I love that. Big show today, team. Very big show. Got um, got a big guest. Guest being Adrian Swift, who happens to be the big boss, the big cheese, the head honcho of development at the Nine Network, which is the biggest uh, TV network in Australia. He's also uh, the executive producer of The Voice, which is the biggest TV show in Australia. You might wonder, what can he offer us humble small business owners? Well, you'll be surprised. He's got a little bit of marketing gold in store for us all. Stay tuned for that interview very shortly. Prior to that, I want to give you a bit of an update on some of the stuff that's being talked about in the big, in the big, in the big forum, in the small business big marketing forum. Got some listener questions and feedback and content. That's all rocking. So without further ado, let's get stuck in to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. So first of all, the Small Business Big Marketing Forum has just kind of gone notched up a level, if you like, after last week's episode with Joe Polizzi, who is the head of the Content Marketing Institute. I shared half that interview with you guys, with many of you, free. Uh, you can go to the website or iTunes and find that. But I put the other half inside the forum. Naughty me, I know. But look, I did it. Originally, I did it just for forum members, but it was just so good that I really wanted to share it with the rest of you. So go in and join the Small Business Big Marketing Forum just to hear that interview. It is marketing gold. If you want to get your editorial mission right, it is marketing gold. Other stuff, though, however, that is being talked about in the forum, that if you were part of that conversation, your marketing would just be that much better. We are talking about, there's a thread about Google+, Plus, whether it is the real deal or whether it's just a waste of time. Some might be calling it Google-. minus. Um, we talk about your editorial mission. There's a discussion going on about um, branding and getting your brand character right, your brand personality right. Um, there is some um, great... Wonderful resources that various members are posting in regards to free cloud hosting or free cloud storage, I should say, one of which is 15 gig for free. 
and a number of other options as well. But there is some good discussion going on in the Small Business Big Marketing Forum. It's it's all about growing your business, guys, and it's 49 bucks a month. So head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and go to the product section, click on the forum button, and you will be in there before you can say, wow, isn't the next interview really exciting? Well, you don't really know that, but I can promise you it is. Um, so let's get stuck into that. After which, at the end of the interview, I'm going to share three key learnings for us small business owners, plus I'm going to share some listener comments, questions, and feedback. Lots more to go. So here's the thing. Are you ready? Adrian Swift appeared on the show on episode in episode 89 last year when The Voice was really hitting its straps as the number one show on in Australia. Since then, it's come back for season two, and it continues to do great things, and Adrian has kindly offered to come back and share what those great things are and how we can learn as small business owners from what The Voice are doing from a marketing perspective. And I think that's really important. You know, sometimes I think the top end of town just wastes a whole lot of money on marketing. Other times I think, hmm, some of the stuff the big boys are doing, those people in the mahogany offices, the mahogany corner offices, are actually cranking out some good marketing and we can learn from that. So there's some wonderful marketing concepts that Adrian talks about. Um, as I said, Adrian is the head of development at the biggest TV station, TV network in Australia. He also heads up the voice at the network. Uh, if you don't know what the voice, if you have been hiding under a rock these last few weeks, the voice is just cranking it out. It's a wonderful uh, talent show, reality show uh, on the TV. Check out thevoice.com.au if you want to know what I'm talking about. Um, won't go into the details off it. Suffice to say, it's kind of like you know, America's got talent, but there's the twist that there's four coaches. Each of those four coaches are famous personalities in themselves. Delta Goodrum, Seal, Joel, and Ricky Martin. Um, Joel from, this will test me, Good Charlotte. And, um, you know, they're all rock stars in their own right. And they have teams of talented young individuals who they coach through to hopefully become the next voice of Australia. It's a great show. I'm sucked in by it. Don't watch a lot of TV, but I do love the voice. I like watching it with my family. Um, but anyway, that's not marketing related. Let's get back into the marketing thing. Here is Adrian Swift to share some marketing gold that we can learn from The Voice. Adrian Swift, Director of Development at The Nine Network and one of the bosses of The Voice. Welcome back to Small Business Big Marketing. Thank you, mate. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. You're a busy man. You're about to go into a live record. You're in the second year. Can you wrap some numbers around where The Voice is at now in its second year? Uh, numbers, total viewing numbers, slightly down on last year, but that's kind of what we expected. We're in a different time slot against different shows. We didn't really have much opposition last year, uh, but uh, but still the number one show in the country by a country mile, um, and all the other numbers are up. So uh, all our online numbers are up. Uh, all our download numbers are up. So, yeah, we're very pleased with it. You know, the, its function is to be our biggest, shiniest show, and it's our biggest, shiniest show. Yeah, that's great. And so it should be as a bit of a voice fan myself. Now, um, you talked a lot last year in the interview I did with you about how you went about marketing the voice. Can you outline how you've gone about marketing this year and, and what you've done differently? What were some of the big lessons, maybe? 
we marketed a lot, a lot less this year. I guess the biggest lesson we learned was last year we needed to acquaint the audience with a brand new format. <clears throat> you know, effectively a talent show, I guess, but but a format they didn't know and didn't understand. So I think this year what we did was we pulled we pulled a lot of money out of marketing. Uh, we spent a lot of money on above the line marketing last year. This year we spent much much less money on above the line marketing. Uh, but that's that doesn't seem to have hurt us in any way. And I think what we've done much harder is we've used other channels. So we've used much more publicity, much more social and online to talk about the show to an audience we know is already there. And I think that's worked reasonably well. Yeah, right. Oh, right. Um, did, did last? What's last year's success? I mean, with the success that came from last year, what's it allowed you to do more of from a marketing sense or a product sense or, or nothing? It's just business as usual. Uh, no, look, look. You know, it, it obviously in our world, it means it's a much more saleable commodity at, at much higher rates because, you know, people now know what it is and what it does and what it can achieve. Mm. Um, and uh, from a from a uh, you know purely a, a how does the business work standpoint, well, it becomes a bit of a self perpetuating machine. Last year, we were calling for artists who didn't know what the show was and you know had been burnt by Australian Idol or other shows. Uh, and just weren't interested in it. And uh, this year, I think we found that because people know and understand what the product is, it's just much easier on every level. It's much easier to get big international stars out here. It's much easier to get the best artists to come and appear on the show, uh, you know, as contestants. It's much easier to work with uh, with the coaches because they understand what, what the show is and how it works in this market. Um, from a from a purely um, you know talking to our audience perspective, they know they they kind of know our position in the market. What we had to do last year was clearly differentiate ourselves from all these other shows and have an absolute position. We now we I think we as the practitioners of making the show we understand what we represent now, and I think the audience understands what we represent now. So much less time is spent, as they say in dramas. Much less time is spent on exposition and much more time spent talking about the actual show and the actual artist and what's happening and what's going on. Mm. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. T- tell me, in terms of your tribe, you've got a massive tribe of, of listeners. How do you, how do you, do, do you listen to them? Uh, I'm sure every, everyone's got an opinion, you know, want to see more coaches, want to see more behind the scenes, want to see less of this, less of that. How, how do you listen and how do you decide what to act on? Uh, that's a good question. Um, we do listen and we listen, uh, you know, m- mostly because we have the ability to listen. You know, the great thing about social media is, and, and, you know, comments on the stuff that's there is that it actually does give you a one-to-one relationship with your audience. Uh, and there's always trends that come through that. There are always overarching themes. Yes, there's a whole lot of clutter, a whole lot of just people talking about stuff. Mm. But inevitably, there's overarching themes. You know, they don't like the music choices, or they do like the music choices, or they don't like that, or they do like this. So basically, it's it's you can see themes coming out show by show, hour by hour, and very often minute by minute. But you've got to be very careful because the people who tweet, the people who post on Facebook, the people who comment, you know, in our comments fields on the various places online that our content exists are a self-selecting group. So I think you've got to look at it and go, right, okay, that does represent a component of the audience. And I think you do have to listen to it. I don't think you need to, we can't always respond to it just because the, the volume is so huge. But I think you do have to listen to it. The extent to which you respond to it, though, you've got to be very careful because, you know, we are a big business. We are talking, you know, total numbers for this show. So I guess we're doing about one seven, one eight million in the five capital cities 
another half a million in the regionals, and then probably another couple of hundred thousand in catch-up. So, and then out, out, we're peaking out at sort of maybe 2.8 million people watching a show. Not unlike small business, big marketing. There you go. Very similar mm. kind of audiences too, mm. I would imagine. Mm. And um, I guess what we try and do is we try and uh, temper our response to the kind of digital literati with yeah. what actually our core Heartland audience is doing, because actually those people are not our core Heartland audience. And if they don't like a John Farnham song... I think you can be absolutely assured that our core Heartland audience does. So, look, <laughs> we take it, we, we look at it, we're interested in it, we think it does represent where the audience is going, but we don't think it absolutely reflects the audience. So, so I, just, I just want to dig deep, a bit deeper on that, because you've got, you've got thousands, tens, I don't know how many thousands of tweets and Facebook updates going in from listeners. So all of a sudden... and, and viewers, and, as I like to call them. Or, or viewers, absolutely. Uh, I have listeners, you have viewers. And what, one of the... So you can't be sitting there, like the, the the blokes in the big chair can't be sitting there listening. You must have people who must be summarising that feedback and saying, "Listen, is there someone sort of sitting there going, Listen, Adrian or whoever they speak to?'" Overall, we think a lot of people are saying such and such. We think we should act on this feedback. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, we have, we have a whole we have a whole. Um we have a whole department that just does that, that at the end of every show summarizes what everyone's saying. Hmm. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. We, 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 every night after every show, we'll have a five or six page report on what social media is saying. Oh, wow. And so, okay, so someone's got, how do you summarize that? I mean, is that bullet points? Like overall, people are pretty disappointed. Yeah, bullet points. Yeah, what's, what's trending? We, we'll look at, we'll look at peak. So, you know, we'll, we'll match, we'll look at tweets per minute against minute by minute in the show. So I can tell that when one performer was on, you know, when Danny Ross was singing at 8.34, we had a peak in tweets per minute. Hmm. So uh, we look very closely at that. I mean, social media is very important to us. It's it's the best. It's one. Of, it's not the best thing. It's one of the best things that ever happened to broadcast television, A, oh, because no they're doubt. talking about us, and B... Yeah because it gives us a real tool to, to see and understand and feel what people are saying. Let's talk about that because I noticed one of the, I think one of the major changes to your social media presence this year based on last year is you've introduced this thing called the social hub. Yeah, so all of a sudden, and I've got a, I'm doing a project actually for the city of Melbourne, who have also introduced this concept, same name, Social Hub. So they're using some um, technology called Stackler, which pulls all the feeds in from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and puts it all on one page. Um, has that been a good thing? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the reality is it won't always be Facebook and Twitter. So, you know. You need a way of aggregating all the commentary in one place. Mm. You know, we get, we, you know, we have Vine, which is video, obviously Instagram, mm. which is which is pictures. We've got tweets, we've got Facebook posts, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, social hubs make sense because we can pull everything into one place. Now, maybe Twitter just kills everyone and becomes the default mechanism for talking about it, but. At the moment, that's not the case. And at the moment, mm. you know, it's useful to have a capacity to pull in many sources of commentary into one place. Yeah, I, I love it. I, the fact that you don't have to. It's great for the adver- It's great for the brand, the business, because all of a sudden, you know, if I want to leave the Voices um, website and go off to Twitter or go off to Facebook, uh, well, I I could do that, but it's not as easy anymore. So you're holding people yeah. on your page, and that's obviously what we all want. Um, love it. Um, is there one social media over another that for you guys just seems to be really, really shining? Oh yeah, Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, hmm. no, no, interesting. I think for I think for us, it's fair to say at this point. I mean, look, we'll engage with it. We are proverbially 
platform agnostic, will engage with anyone. Mm-hmm. But Twitter is good because, you know, it's, it, is, it is a mass medium and we are a mass medium and we kind of need to stick to those mass, mass media, if I'm being honest. And uh, that's, mm. that is its great utility for us. Tell me, I, I just look at the frequency of, your, of, of updates coming from The Voice. Uh, I'm live on the social hub now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like the last Instagram was uh, of Seals Nails. A da- that was a day ago. Uh, mm-hmm. The last Twitter was two days ago. Um, it's not as if uh, you're not – and, in fact, the last blog post was on Saturday about something that happened on last Monday, mm-hmm. trying to get a sense of frequency here. I would have thought that yeah, – We often do more than that. Uh, let me uh, – look, I, I actually haven't got the page up. We, uh, mm-hmm. I would normally thought we, we, we'd be doing more than that, um, and we normally do. Don't know, it might just be – might just yep. be a bit overwhelmed with production at the moment. But yeah, <laughs> well, that's interesting. I think there'll be a flurry of updates today because normally we do lots of stuff with the, with the artists during the course of the week. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you know, we we. I'm talking to you Monday. The show goes to to air tonight, so mm-hmm. you've kind of you've had a whole week of gap. But interesting. I would have thought. I mean, if I was to go on and ch- check out the hashtag, there'd be a whole lot of discussion from all the fans about the voice. But I just thought there'd be more coming from the voice. Yeah, and and t- to be honest with you, oftentimes the dead hand of the the dead hand of the broadcaster going going. Um, uh, who do you like in the lineup? Tweet now, you know. I don't think you need to do that. Often we find. So I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's been more content updates now. But anyway, let's let's since since I I'm at something of a disadvantage. I can't. Yes. I'm I'm not actually sitting in front of a computer where I can I can call it up now. Um, no, we we foster conversation amongst our fans, yeah. and where we have stuff and we can post things and something news happening, we try and do that. But actually. And I really, we fundamentally feel this both at Shine, who make the show and who are responsible for the digital media on the show, and Nine, who run our own entire digital team. We believe in letting the fans talk to each other about it and not sending out kind of anodyne messages. Mm-hmm. Um, give them something to talk about and then let them talk about it. Give them a place to talk about it. The great thing about the social hub is it gives you a place to do stuff. You know, we're trying to bring people into our world. The one thing you'll find about The Voice as opposed to a lot of other TV shows is we're not, we're not, proselytizing uh, a second screen app and then a couple of other websites and then an app, you know, an iPhone app and something else. Mm. What, mm. what we're doing it all through the voice.com.au. So there's one place to go for everything. Which is excellent. And that place is the content hub. It's a social hub. It's all that kind of stuff in one place. And I'd argue for your, for your listeners, what, what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to concentrate your marketing dollars in one place that's as effective as it can be. And I think the one thing we've learned from the voice is one singular call to action. Where do I go? What do I do? Okay. I'm vaguely interested. Where do I go? For us, it's all the voice.com.au. No apps, no nothing, all of the voice. Now, we have things that will work as apps and second screen apps on tablets, but they, they're actually in a browser. They're not apps. So we're not trying to push people to a number of different places. And that's, that's worked really well for us. That's why we think our online numbers are significantly up this year. Mate, I reckon that's just that's marketing gold right there because you're right. One significant call to action, love it. Yeah, and that way, and that way, it, it's just persistent. You know, it's and when people later on go, oh yeah, that Daddy Ross, I didn't like him at all. Da 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 da. People go, oh yeah, let's just have a you know somewhere dim in their recollection is just that singular place to go, and there's no confusion, there's no mixed messaging, there's no dilution of messaging. Singular message, repeated long and loud. 
One of the talking of messaging, uh, one of the the aspects of your content creation I particularly love is going behind the scenes. I love watching what happens. Sometimes even more than watching the show uh, of the discussion between the coaches, just the banter, the in, the what's happening in the studio between takes. Um, I say to my audience, small business, small business owners, share what's going on behind the scenes. People actually want to know because you you think it's boring because it's just what you you do. Um, behind the scenes, I'm guessing works really well for you. What other kind of messages when you put them out, people just love? Oh, look, it's not even behind the scenes. It's just more content. You know, it's what, how can people who are engaged in the show find out more and what can they do to be, to be part of it beyond the broadcast? And it, that, that's, that's, that's really it. You know, and it's often the behind the scenes stuff, you know, we'll do, we'll do extended interviews with people and, you know, it's all the usual stuff, extended interviews, but it's also, you know, our artists are, you know, they've got big Twitter followings in their own right and people want to know what's happening in their lives outside the show. So there's actually a much bigger ecosystem than just the television itself. The other thing that we do a lot of is we work with Woolworths and Ford and Vodafone quite closely. Um, to do things around the show. So we do an earn and learn thing with Woolworths where we actually send musical instruments into schools using Woolworths earn and learn. But that's a great story for us. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really good story about how, so we've been to, you know, we've been to Aboriginal schools, we've been to underprivileged schools, we've been, and we, uh, Jessica Mowboy hosts it. But it's a really interesting thing because it's a genuinely philanthropic project. It tells a great story about empowering kids to play music. And we really only have, you know, probably 45 seconds on the show to tell that story, but offline or online, off broadcast, there's actually a great story there that people really engage with. We use with Ford, we, we do all sorts of other stuff and we tend to do it, you know, we use the car to kind of get us there and is the kind of central theme of that stuff. So we send all the artists and all the coaches to the Gatsby launch the other night, Great Gatsby in Sydney. And there's a whole story about that that that's got nothing to do with singing, nothing to do with the show, but with the characters that people love. And and all that sort of stuff is just consumed incredibly heavily online because we're not trying to proselytise the brand. We're trying to get people just to engage with our people. Yeah, look, I'm not sure it isn't to do with the show. I love the fact that there is some strategic the relationships between the sponsors and the, the the voice, the brand, the voice. It it all makes sense. Like that Woolworth stuff, you're integrating the talent into the schools, into the brand, and to me that makes sense. You know, I see small business owners who hand over precious sponsorship dollars to a sporting club or a community organisation or something, and literally hand it over and don't make it work. And there's no strategic reason for it working. So yeah. I think there's a big, I think there's a big learning there. We're quite lucky. We've got good, we've got good, good sponsors who can't get it. We've got a very, very good internal integration team who go, how do we tell this story in your context? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Last question. Apple iTunes, you have, uh, we're all battling to have a relationship with Apple iTunes. Do you guys have a formal relationship or have you just got to get stuff up there and hope for the best? No, no, we have a formal relationship. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, I'd love an introduction. Um, <laughs> Adrian, um, thank you so much for sharing, mate. Well done on another great year. I think it's, I think it's excellent. So I look forward to seeing what tonight brings. Great. Always nice to talk to you, mate. Alrighty, guys, I hope you enjoyed getting a little bit of a behind-the-scenes tour of the marketing of Australia's biggest TV show, The Voice. Uh, I certainly enjoyed putting that together. Adrian was in a bit of a rush, so thank you so much, Adrian, uh, for making the time for doing that. Now, guys, three key learnings, probably a few more, actually, than three, but I've put together three key learnings from that fireside chat with Adrian. Number one, Have one significant call to action in your marketing communications. 
I think this is a big one. I see often, and I've been guilty of it myself, where we put out a marketing communication initiative, it might be an ad, letterbox drop, whatever it may be, some signage, maybe even presenting at a networking function, where we direct people to a number of things. We want them to do so many things. Of course, the bottom line is we want them to buy from us, but often we kind of give them, we almost confuse buyers out of buying from us by kind of sending them off in different directions. Having one significant call to action is a great thing. The voice for them, it's their website. What is it for you? Would love to know. Whack it in the show. Whack, whack a comment in the show notes of episode 140. Would love to hear what that is. Number two, I do like this concept of the social hub. Uh, the voice are using it. As I said, the city of Melbourne are now using it. It's where they bring all the social media activity related to their business under one banner, in this case called the Social Hub, uh, and it appears on that brand's website. So you're not flicking people off to your Facebook or your YouTube or your Twitter or your Pinterest, but you're actually keeping them on your website. I love that, the Social Hub. I'm going to explore that more and see what is the technology behind it. I know City of Melbourne are using something called Stackler. Um, I think that is available to the uh, the common man amongst us, but there may be some other uh, ways of doing it uh, as well. If you do know of them, feel free to make contact with me through the contact section at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Marketing lesson number three from listening to Adrian of The Voice Listen to the tribe. Um, David Malone, who is the CEO of V8 Supercars Worldwide, who I interviewed in episode 133, also did this. And I've got to say, the big brands are very good at listening to the tribe. Virgin do it as well. And have a listen, like an ear to the ground. I call this marketing voyeurism where you use social media in particular to have a listen to what people are saying about you, about your business, about the brands that you may stock, about the industry in which you operate. Have a listen and start to get a sense of the trends and react to them, okay? Then you're building a business that really is solving problems for your tribe. And as marketers, as marketers, we are problem solvers. Righto. That is my summary, uh, or a brief summary, of my chat with Adrian Swift from The Voice. Hope you enjoyed it, guys. Now, I've got some listener questions uh, and a bit of an update. I'm off to Dubai tomorrow night. Off to Dubai to run a marketing workshop, which I'm really looking forward to. Never been there before and um, don't really know what to expect. I'm kind of expecting something completely over the top, but I'll report back possibly in next week's episode, if not the weeks after, depending on uh, how timing's going of putting everything together. But um, I'm looking forward to that. You can check out, I'll, I'll do updates uh, on Twitter and also on the show's Facebook, facebook.com forward slash smallbusinessbigmarketing. All right, some listener questions and feedback. I have got one here from James Kemp. James says, hey, Tim, really enjoy your content. Thanks, James. One question for you as an as, as an as, as an aspiring marketing consultant. Oh, gee, really? Another one? Uh, competition? No, not really. You go for it, my man. Currently in the nine to five, and I'm not a marketing consultant anyway. 
really. Used to be. Currently in the nine to five grind and going to start a podcast focus on focused on New Zealand businesses. Good on you. There aren't any. What, in no New Zealand businesses or no podcasts, James? Want to make an offer to the audience as early as possible. If you started again, would you offer your spotlight as a gateway product? Okay, so what my spotlight is, it's one of the products at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com where for a price, I look at your marketing touch points, your marketing collateral, your website, brochures, ads, whatever you're doing out there and review them, and then I put together a show dedicated to your business. It sounds like you're listening to an episode of Small Business Big Marketing, but it is 100% dedicated to your business. Uh, No one else gets to hear it. I just send you the link. So that's what Spotlight is. Now, as James asked, if you started again, would you offer Spotlight as a gateway product? Um, Yeah, I would. I mean, Spotlight's been great for me. I love putting them together, and um, I think it's a really useful product for my listeners. So yes, I would, but more importantly, I if I started again, I would be very clear on what my sales funnel is up front, because it took me a few months, <laughs> you could argue a few years, to get my sales funnel right. And in fact, I think as small businesses, we should always be working on our sales funnel. Now, what I mean by that is, Okay, you know, three and a half, four years ago when I put the show together with Luke, um, we didn't realize the kind of traction it would get. And all of a sudden, we're having people ringing us or contacting us, emailing us and saying, hey, you know, how do we get more of you? And that's what you want, isn't it? When you create content like a podcast or a blog or video or a forum or a book or whatever it is. So the sales funnel, your sales funnel is an inverted pyramid, looks like a funnel, and you should have something free. So you give away something for free up front. So mine is my podcast. You then should have something easy and inexpensive for people to buy from you. Might be might be a book, might be a video series. For me, it's the forum. It's 49 bucks a month at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. It's an easy way to access more of the marketing love that I have to share. Then you have a core product. So the funnel's getting narrower and narrower because less people are willing to spend the money. They're just happy with the core, with your free product or your easy and inexpensive product. Your core product, like for me, it is, for example, Spotlight because it's more expensive. Uh, and it could well be my core product really is my speaking, my keynote speaking. So my sales funnel, the first two levels of it really appeal to the small business owner because that's who I love dealing with. And then my core product then appeals to speakers, bureau, and corporates who can afford to pay me uh, to go and speak. And then at the very pointy end of the sales funnel uh, is what I call obvious next steps. And those obvious next steps could be live workshops, um, things that have high margin uh, are, are generally high, higher priced, uh, and you might do less often. And a lot of businesses don't go this to this next step. They kind of finish at their core product offering. But I think I've spoken about it before. Like, for example, there's a cafe in my local area, sells coffee and toasted sandwiches, but once a year, he takes 20, 30 of his customers over to Italy to do a tour, a food tour of Italy. And that's his obvious next step. It's high priced, it's high margin, and it's a wonderful obvious next step for that small group of your prospects and customers that really, really want to jump on in to something more. So James, thanks for your question, mate. Good luck with your podcast. And uh, do share us a link if you decide to go ahead with it. I think you should. I think every small business should have a podcast. There you go. I've said it right there. All right, I now have another question from Matt Crystal, who says, 
I was just wondering how guests for the show are chosen. Nice, short, sharp question, Matt. Great question. Pretty simply, I look for small business owners, really successful small business owners who are cranking out some aspect of their marketing in a very successful way. Or I look for service providers who I think we could all benefit from using their service. I am more inclined to go for the successful small business owner because that's the interviews that I enjoy doing. But for example, a service provider like Shane Tilly a few episodes ago who went on about how to create a a successful email marketing campaign, those episodes are gold. So I mix it up a bit, but they're the criteria. And then every now and then, like the interview I just did with Adrian Swift from The Voice, I like to find big businesses who are willing to share some of their uh, behind-the-scenes marketing secrets. So Thanks for your question, Matt. Finally, I have something from Steve Walker. Steve Walker says, Hi, Tim and Luke. Oh, Steve, you're not up to the most recent episodes. Past episode 80, I no longer have. I just no longer have a co-host, although when AG comes in the studio, I do. He says, Hi, Tim and Luke. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. A quick question, if I may. Uh, He also goes on to say, Your podcasts are giving me the the marketing ideas and confidence that going forward, I can do it with a very modest budget. Damn right you can do it, Steve. Absolutely. That's the intention. He says, A quick question, if I may. Where do I find the transcriptions of the podcasts to download from your site? Can you provide a link? Here's the thing, Steve. Every now and then, I don't transcribe every episode uh, because I just don't. And it becomes expensive. That said, I have I have just had transcribed the last 10 episodes, and what I'll be doing is, uh, this is the plan anyway, I haven't completely formulated, but I'll let you into a secret, just don't tell anyone, guys. Um, what I intend to do is create a series of books uh, that contain 10 episodes at a time, the transcriptions of 10 episodes, 10 interviews actually, not the entire episode, but 10 interviews at a time that you will be able to purchase for a very reasonable price, of which I don't know what it will be just yet. Um, So yeah, um, some episodes are transcribed. I generally transcribe the episodes where there's, you know, the how-to episodes, like the email marketing episode, like the content marketing episode, those kind of ones. But um, yeah, last 10 episodes have been transcribed, just working with my wonderful designer, Nicola, at the moment to make them look beautiful. And I will let you know when that is up as well. All right, guys, I'm about to hop on a plane tomorrow to head off to Dubai. Uh, It is about 40 degrees over there in the shade, so uh, that is going to be interesting in itself. I have thoroughly enjoyed this episode, and thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Thanks, Net Registry, for making this absolutely possible. And if you do need to nail your online marketing presence team, head over to netregistry.com because they can help you out. Until next time, may your marketing be the best marketing. See you later. You've been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reid. Want more marketing goodness? Then visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com.